Hello to you and welcome to the Adam Coombs podcast. This podcast series will cover subjects of the mind, body and being in a chatty, conversational and relatable way. I'm counsellor and solution-focused therapist Adam Coombs. This is episode number one, my first ever podcast and it's so aptly titled Procrastination. So without any further ado, let's begin. It may surprise you to know that this podcast brought to you today is a product of five years of work. And that's not five years of me actually putting this podcast together. It's been a five-year run-up to start something. And I've got to say, of all the things that I've delayed, put off and found excuses for, this has got to be one of my personal bests when it comes to procrastination. So have a think. What is your personal best? What have you put off for so long and how long has it been for? For me as a therapist, I take the ethos that I can never ask someone to walk a mile that I'm not willing to walk myself. I support my clients to gain a greater depth of understanding to their situation and not just to take something on its face value. So when I'm looking at procrastination, it's not just because I'm lazy. That could be very easy to to brush off and say, I just didn't get around to doing something. However, when I look into things a little bit deeper for myself, I realise I hit quite a lot of the indicators to suggest that I am the king of the procrastinators. And so in this podcast, I'm going to share what procrastination is, some of the factors that play into procrastination, and what to do about it to overcome it a little bit better. And so procrastination is when you judge that a task should be done now. However you put it off, you delay and you wait. And in that time, the procrastination builds up. That dialogue within yourself then builds up. It becomes more and more frustrating, doesn't it? Then we start to have a little bit of conflict in our minds. That voice saying you should be doing it, and the other voice saying, yeah, but I can't be asked." However, it does become a problem for people as well. So maybe there's been something in your past that you think, oh, I'll get around to doing that, and you never quite get around to doing it. And that might be completely fine. However, that could be something more than that. This could be a common pattern for you that you're putting something off, but you're wondering why. It was once referred to as a weakness of will by Aristotle to describe the state of, of acting against one's better judgment. There's also this term called the Ocratic loop, which is when we notice something should be done, but we resist doing it. And the word procrastination is broken down in two from Latin, where pro means forward and crestinus means till next day. That's the whistle-stop tour of history and meaning done. But it's also interesting to understand that we're wired to procrastinate. So if you're one of these people that beats yourself up for putting things off all the time, this next bit might be of some sort of interest to you to know that it's not all entirely just your thoughts and feelings. There's more to it. I bloody love science, me. I always used to get too enthusiastic about using the Bunsen burners at school. Strange. Anyway, here's a science. And so when we look at our brains, some function differently to others. And that's because everyone's life is a little bit different to everyone else's. However, the parts of the brain are all very similar. It's just the connections, like the experiences and the, the usage of our brains, is different. Some parts are more dominant than others. And so that's how some behaviours in some people are stronger than in others. And with regards to procrastination, there are two main parts of the brain that come into play here. And this is the limbic system and the prefrontal cortex. The limbic system is a much stronger part of the brain. Both the limbic system and the prefrontal cortex are quite closely connected. However, this part of the brain, the limbic system, is there to sort of carry out a lot of automatic processes. So the limbic system is a set of brain structures containing a pleasure centre and it also is responsible for the emotional fight or flight response. It's quite a strong process. And what it does is it prioritises, firstly, your survival 
And so when you think of something that you've got to do that you know won't you won't get that much pleasure from doing, it's probably going to make sure that it protects you from doing that a little bit more and create more of an argument in your mind not to do it. The prefrontal cortex is less developed and it's got quite a lot of functions to it. And it's there for when you're planning complex behaviours or expressing your personality or making decisions happen. And so these two parts of the brain are warring quite a lot. However, the limbic system, as I say, is much more dominant. And so when you think of something that is less desirable to do, in the moment, the limbic system is going to be a lot stronger and tell you to avoid doing it. Whereas the prefrontal cortex is there trying to plan it and trying to get it sorted, but it's not as strong. And when we consider that, even if it's something you want to do, like for instance, me doing this podcast, I've wanted to do this for so long, but there's been a lot of factors that have held me back from that. And that's mainly to do with the way that my particular brain has wired over the years as a way that I've conditioned my, myself and as a result of my experiences and, and situations, thoughts and feelings. To me, understanding a system is one of the most key points to be able to live with it and get on with it and work through it. And there's a key point in therapy where you cannot change something you're not aware of. So it's about making the unconscious conscious. Through my own self-work and discovery in therapy, I found procrastination to be a presenting symptom of a lot more deeper rooted issues. And if we're looking into this a little bit more, I'm going to share some of these issues with you and see if any of these ring true of you. Number one, perfectionism. I cannot put it better than how Brené Brown says it. People who are walking around as perfectionists, they're ultimately afraid that the world is going to see them for who they truly are and they won't measure up. I call perfectionism the 20 ton shield. We carry it around thinking it's going to protect us from being hurt, but it protects us from being seen. Over the years, I developed perfectionism. I was so scared of saying the wrong thing that I became extremely introverted to protect myself from saying something and being laughed at. Perfectionism is there to guard us against vulnerability when in fact vulnerability can be our greatest strength. Being vulnerable and stepping into the unknown is the way that we develop. It's the way that we get things that we want. We have to make ourselves vulnerable. If we want a new job, we have to go for an interview. That is being vulnerable. If we want to make more friends, then we have to speak to people who start off as strangers to us. However, perfectionism prevents us from taking risk. It prevents you from starting things. Because to not be perfect is to not be anything. It's all or nothing thinking. It induces anxiety and it is quite simply exhausting to approach a process, to be in it and to spend every night for the next week reflecting on it to ensure that you said everything in a particular tone where someone couldn't judge you as not perfect. That's quite deep, isn't it? Anyway, let's move on to another reason why people procrastinate. The imposter syndrome. Have you ever had to do something in front of others to present something, to train somebody or to show someone how to do something and you've really not wanted to do it? Maybe it's because you had to access a part of you that you wasn't entirely confident in yourself. And so to show that side to somebody else comes with a lot of self-doubt. Has there ever been that fear that you're going to be revealed as unqualified or inferior, where it's easier to avoid doing it altogether than to risk being shown up as a fraud? That's imposter syndrome. Another reason, being overwhelmed. It's easy in our lives to feel overwhelmed with what goes on day in, day out. Anxiety is one of the most common searches for therapy, along with stress and other related issues. And sometimes our bodies and our minds can just feel worn out. If there's too much to do, it's hard to figure out where to start. So the brain says, well, why start at all? That leads to us not doing anything other than to sit there and winding ourselves up as to why we haven't started anything. The next weapon of mass distraction is one of the more modern of the attacks on productivity 
And that, my friends, is social media and technology. It's seemed now that on average, people spend around two hours a day on social media or your phones. It is a great tool to escape and avoid, but they're programmed to be addictive. And that is where the swines get us, isn't it? We have never been so unproductive as we have been since we've had social media on our phones. So is it any wonder that when social media offers us this escape, this solace from all of our own self-doubt, our low self-esteem, our anxiety, our insecurities, when it gives us that place to go to get away from those feelings and to escape those tasks that are becoming all the more urgent to do, that we find ourselves on there, enjoying Denial City for what it really is not. With some of these examples in mind, is there anything else that comes to light for you? It can be absolutely anything, but what is your general excuse that you tell yourself as to why you'll leave that for later? And bearing in mind that procrastination is a culmination of biological and psychological reasoning and not just laziness, what is there a greater depth for you to consider? When we look at improving the brain's functionality to make it work at its optimal level, we have to consider its basic needs, making sure that we're getting enough sleep, healthy food, exercise and fluids on board all contribute to us making better, less emotionally led decisions. But it's worth asking questions about the task itself. So the one thing to determine here is the less desirable thing, the task itself or the outcome. And based on whichever answer you come up with, what is it about that that is putting you off? So if it's a fear of the outcome, for instance, then what is this telling you? What is it that you're afraid of? And what is the worst possible consequence that could happen as a result of you doing this? Or what's the worst possible consequence that could happen as a result of you not doing this? Can you handle the outcome? However bad the outcome is, have you got this? Have you been through the same before? Have you lived through it? And is there a particular outcome that you're trying to avoid? Is there something else that's really important is, are you actually scared or have you just been put off by others who have had a bad experience with it? Identifying what are your fears and what are someone else's fears is really important because the world's an anxious enough place without having to inherit everyone else's fears as well. But also looking at whatever it is that's holding you back and really defining it to an absolute point because that way then you're navigating around one or two smaller points as opposed to the whole situation. And then when you are looking at those things that have been holding you back from starting, how are you going to navigate around those? What are you going to do? Are these things specific to maybe skill set? So how are you going to obtain the skills to, to overcome that? Is it about knowledge? So what have you got to learn? I guess the thing I'm trying to bring across here is that when we look at a situation and consider it absolute, then it could be very daunting. Whereas when it's broken down and defined, we can overcome that. Are there parts of a task that you potentially will enjoy? Is there something that you're going to get out of it? Is there going to be a, a reward at the end of it? And if there isn't a reward, then why isn't there a reward? Treat yourself. Taking on tasks sooner rather than later gives you a greater opportunity to deal with things if everything doesn't go to plan. Leaving everything to the last minute leaves a very, very small window requiring everything to be absolutely spot on. So if something does go wrong, have you got enough time to recover it? Every great plan has a contingency. A contingency does need time to take effect. Whatever you are facing, break it all down into its component parts. Tick off bit by bit. That way then, you are dealing with lots of little challenges and opportunities for lots of successes as opposed to one big situation which is either success or failure. Recovering a component part of a task is a lot easier than recovering the whole task itself. Be kind to yourself with your own expectations. If you're taking a task on for the very first time, you've not given this a go before, that's okay to feel a little bit uneasy with it. It's new to you. You haven't got a frame of reference to remember what it was like last time you've done it. But also don't expect yourself 
to be a master the first time round. Everything always starts with a first step forward. This is my first ever podcast. I may have bloody mentioned it once or twice. The old me never started this in the first place because the perfectionism was too much for me to take on. I'm at a place now where I can look at this podcast and I'm quite comfortable with it probably being okay to alright. I'm not expecting it to be absolutely amazing. I'm just expecting it to be enough for me. If this continues on and I do 100 shows, then I can't wait to look back at this first episode and to reflect on what it was like to be taking this on, how much trepidation I felt in it all and how unpolished it was compared to in 100 shows time. It's going to be completely different. And what I'm giving in this episode is 100% of what I've got available to me today. In 100 shows time, I'm going to have 99 shows worth of experience. And this will sound a whole lot different potentially. Who knows? But I'm so grateful to have given myself this opportunity to have come through so many challenges along the way to actually start this and get this off the ground and get going. So the outcome to me isn't so important anymore. I want it to do well because I want it to reach out to people. I want to relate to people and if it can just offer something to somebody somewhere at the right time, then it's done its task. But otherwise, I'm happy. I've done this. So if you have been listening, thank you so much for sharing this experience with me. To you, this may have just been a podcast that you've listened to. But to me, as I say, this is five years worth of promising myself I'd start something and finally get in here. I won't aim to keep you any longer. Thank you for letting me tickle your eardrums for the last 15 minutes. This has been the Adam Coombs podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, then please click subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Otherwise, I'm available on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn if you look for Adam at Dynamic Therapy Club or Dynamic Therapy Club. I'll be on there. The music on this podcast was brought to you by Dragonov89 at Pixabay. Until next time, take care of yourselves and goodbye.